even though Saratoga is week two, this feels like the kickoff of 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 summer racing, and yeah. it's it's it feels like it's going to live up to it too. I hope. I feel like this is the weekend we've been waiting for ever since we realized this triple crown's kind of falling apart, right? Like when the injuries are happening, especially about two days before the derby, it's like now Forte's hurt. It's like this is what we were dreaming of in May. <laughs> so yeah. it's here. Let's enjoy it. Let's cash it. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had advice on racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Goldstream Park, Saratoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one site to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. What is up, up here in Well Team? Darren Halterman, it's Thursday, July 20th, and this is Blinkers Off. What's up, man? What's up, man? How's it going, everybody? Glad that everybody's tuned in. Uh, it's going to be, man, I, I've, I've, all day I've been saying the same thing. It's like, man, this is awesome. This is going to be a huge weekend. This feels like a huge weekend, and that's because it is. So I think this is going to be a, a pretty good show tonight. There's a lot of big stakes races uh, that we're going to cover on the show. Dude, I was up last night uh, handicapping and getting to that kind of the show layout ready i thought my goodness this is and then you add in the you know the shoebie on sunday that came out today it's like mike this is this is a monster weekend uh you know like you said i mean it's the it's the biggest weekend we've had so far uh certainly this summer and probably the best you know the biggest weekend we've had definitely since the belmont i agree yeah i think this weekend rivals that belmont to be completely honest i i, I thought Man, I mean, just because there's so much going on everywhere. You know, that Belmont card is amazing. There's nothing happening anywhere else of note. We're here. It's like we got Saratoga. You got opening weekend at Del Mar and you get the Haskell. And oh, by the way, the Haskell's drawn a fucking fantastic field. So it's <laughs> all around, man. It's it is. It's going to be awesome this weekend. I, I can't wait. And uh, I I think minus those triple crown days. And honestly, it's probably better than the Preakness. I, I think this is the best weekend we've had all year. From a from a three year old standpoint, it's the best. It's the, I mean, it might be a more important race than the Kentucky Derby, to be frankly frankly honest with you. But it's biggest race since then when, for three year olds because it's such an important part of the season for these three year olds. And not just that, you have you, know, you do have the Derby winner in the race, but you also have. You know the 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 new horses, the horses that were injured, the horses that took you know that missed the triple crown for whatever reason. Now they're here, and so this is kind of like what do we have to work with with these with the Go Rocket rides and the and the uh, extra Nahos and the Arabian Nights. You know what are what are we working with with these? And then you know you got the Mage and you got the Tapatrice, and you know so you've I mean you've <laughs> you've got everything you really want out of, out of the race uh, essentially here. So uh, other than maybe Forte. Um, so we'll see him later, but it definitely feels, and on top of that, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a classic win in your in race. And in a year that 
it feels like the classic could have a three-year-old winner, uh, you know, it's, I think it seems it's more likely than last year. Let's put it that way that it's, it's a, it's a hell of an important race. Uh, you hit all the, all the nails right on the head right there. I don't have a whole lot to add. That's, that's the biggest deal of it. And I'll just kind of reiterate the fact that we are getting some horses that missed the triple crown trail that we really like. We're getting them in this race and they're going up against the Derby winner and the, you know, tap a trice. And so it's, it's finally now we can go, okay, Hey, is this what we thought it was where the better horses are really going to come out in the summer and they missed the triple crown season or did we overrate them, you know, on and on and on. So I'm super intrigued to see how they match up and see what happens and kind of see if that opinion was was right or wrong. Yeah, I've got I've got I've got a couple maybe some hard, you know, hot takes. We'll we'll get, we'll get to that yeah. when we get to the Haskell, but yeah, I mean, and on top of that, you know, past the Haskell, like you mentioned Del Mar opening day tomorrow at fr- on Friday the Ocean Side, and by the way, I mean, it may not have like the world-class horses that maybe Saratoga is getting right now. Obviously, we'll see some of those at Del Mar eventually, but it had, I mean, that the betting of these races is, I mean, you, you, it's almost, you might as well just throw a dart in the, in the ocean side and the uh, San Clemente on Saturday, but they're a hell of a betting race. They're going to be super exciting turf races. Um, they're fun, but man, they're challenging. But I mean, for Del Mar, it, it, it's a betting, you know, paradise when it comes to those two races this weekend. You're not wrong. Uh, Del Mar did not disappoint. It always is pretty darn tough. Uh, the first three days or two days of Del Mar, Friday and Saturday cards are always murder. Um, they've outdone themselves. These are really, really tough races. Uh, but like you said, the good betting races, you can take stands in some of these stakes races. I mean, that that's not to say you're going to be right, but there's horses you can feel confident about. Uh, you know, there's, there's good horses in the race, but there's not those, you know, slam dunk standout types. That's just no. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not that, but it is, I mean, like they're great races to bet. They're fun to watch because it's like, here they come flying late. And it's just, uh, obviously when you're, when you're at Del Mar, it's, it's hard to get too disappointed. Uh, and by the way, uh, to, to round it out, you have, Sunday, which is a small field, I get it, but you get Ness versus Clarier, yeah, movie, which is like a Berkelinson kind of prep race. But how about Ness? We haven't seen her since the Breeders' Cup last year. They said, "Hey, let's throw her in against Clarier, who, by the way, has rattled off back-to-back Grade One wins in dramatic fashion. She's going to have to do it again here because there is no pace in the race because Ness is a, you would seemingly think, a formidable opponent coming out of the off the layoff. So. We got we get a Sunday finale that's gonna should live up to a nice little uh, kind of uh, conclusion to a huge weekend. Somebody on the Magic Mike show was complaining that it's a four horse field, and I'm just like, well, you know, I didn't say anything, but I thought to myself, it's Clary Aaron Nest. It really whether there's eight other horses or two other horses in it. I mean, that is a really intriguing matchup. So yeah, it's exciting. We'll, we'll talk all about that one as well. I mean, this is, uh, this is just one of those weekends, man. You, you wake up Saturday, you're smiling from ear to ear. Cause it's like, yeah, we're going to have, a, this is going to be a fun day. Um, and hopefully we can, we can help you cash them tickets as well. That's right. Um, speaking of like, before we get into the weekend, we'll, we'll get into it. Cause it's a big, big show here, but kind of thoughts as we are uh, in week you know right in the middle here of week two of saratoga any any uh 
you know, lingering thoughts, any uh, things that you've kind of noticed, things that you've ch- had to change uh, from your betting or anything like that uh, through a week and a half? Nope, not a thing. I, I think it. I think it's playing really fair. Um, I, I think the weather did ruin a couple cards, but that, that happens up there. I I don't see a lot of biases one way or the other. It's been a meet where I can look incredibly stupid for a sequence <laughs> of five races, and then incredibly smart for for a sequence of five races, and I don't really know why one way or the other. Uh, but I, I don't see any any adjustments to make or anything like that. I think, I think it's playing fair. I think it's super, super interesting how the races are unfolding and it feels like a normal Saratoga meet so far. Dude, I've, I've had days and I know I'm not, I mean, you just said it. So I'm speaking to the choir here, but uh, <laughs> I've had days where I'm like, my horse may not finish the race. I mean, it, you know, like I might have a play in exacta and they finish like eighth and ninth. Yeah. And you're like, what? And then other days, where I like I might play like a you know three horses or whatever you know, however I'm playing it, and they they go one through three you know where I feel like yeah. I'm like I'm seeing it so well it just it, it, it sometimes I I do think you know at, to be honest like doing my best bets I've I, I've been I, today I got a little bit more on track a little bit but I, I've been cold lately and it's just I I'm doing the same thing you know that I was doing when I was cashing big time you know so mm-hmm. it's just like you part of you wants to go like well do i really want to just keep playing like the exacted like i've been doing or you know the double like i like to play or whatever it is but i do you know you just gotta stick with it because it it's so frustrating well let me let me put some up saratoga in a nutshell and thank god this has a happy ending so uh wednesday the early pick five ticket for the rockets went one out of five one out of five <laughs> I played a double on the best bets during that sequence that went 0 for 2. I played a pick 3 that went 0 for 3. <laughs> and I, I went to lunch with Heather that day, and I said, I I think I might be done. Like, this is embarrassing. <laughs> Come home from lunch, hit the late pick 5 on the Rockets for $1,700, and then hit a double that I, I think it profited like almost 200 bucks on the best bets. It was just spot on. Couldn't have been any better through that five race sequence after looking like I had no idea what I was doing in the first five. And I did the same exact style of handicapping plays, all of it. So that's, (laughs) I mean, mean, that is gambling in a nutshell, but that is Saratoga in a nutshell, man. Like that's how it goes. Yeah. I mean, look at last week. I mean, I mean, it's a little different, but (sighs) we, we sat here and talked about, you know, in Italian can't be like, she's a, she's a, she's a, she's a dominant figure in this race. Like that she's going to, you know, cr- you know, no one's going to challenge her. She'll be out there, cruise, whatever. And she gets beat by her stable mate, you know, white mm-hmm. bean. And it's like, it's not like we were sh- surprised that white bean, like, cause we like that horse. Right. I think we both yeah. like that horse, but just in Italian, the number, I can't remember off the top of my head. It was a 90 something, the buyer, yeah. 94, 96 in Italian runs one ones, one Oh twos in her sleep. And it's just like you no matter it's just it's frustrating because it's like you even though you could say I I was right if say you you picked against her, but like really like how could you ever predict she's gonna run that poorly with that trip? It's a it's a filly that can go out and run forty six and change for the for the first half in her sleep, and she runs forty eight. And I think a lot of people watch that and go, "Oh, she's she's relaxed. This isn't gonna be a problem." But you're also leaving all those other horses in the race, and that's what happened. She didn't get that separation, 
then when she asked to quicken, she did, but a horse was right on her, you know? And so she fought that. I mean, she fought like hell. I thought she ran well, but I think looking back, you, when you've got a horse that has that kind of speed, use it, use it, you know, get away from everybody. So what are you going to do? Yeah, it was, and it was like that all day. It felt like, you know, I, I, and then he had the scratches on Sunday and, you know, the weather and you know, all yeah. Saturday, Sunday. So it's just like, it's kind of a nightmare weekend. Uh, this weekend, the weather's good. Mm-hmm. And uh, across the country, the weather should be good, I think. So uh, how about we get to it? We have a big yeah. show lined up. Uh, we're going to preview and get picks for Saturday's $1 million TVG.com Haskell Stakes at Monmouth Park. It's a Breeders' Cup winning your end for the 2023 Breeders' Cup Classic. They were going to give some rapid-fire selections for, man, a ton of stakes races. At uh, We're going to give the United Nations uh, at Monmouth Park, but then we're also going to go to Saratoga and Del Mar for the massive racing we have across the country. Let's go! Hey, remind me, I didn't they, didn't they, like, it used to be the Haskell was a win you're in, then they stopped doing it for a few years? Like, it, no. it, it's, is this the first year it's back after, after a few years? I don't feel like it was last year, was it? No, it was. It has been was for it? a while. Yeah, was they it? never stopped it. Maybe it's just like the horses were never, you never felt like they were, it mattered. I don't know. But. Well, authentic, you know, he won it and won and won the. I know, uh, I know. Cup, so maybe yeah. I'm just, maybe I'm just crazy. That's possible too. Yeah. No, it, 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 the, always the thing that we always are like, what is the Travers is not a win in your end, but the Haskell is. <laughs> Which th- I mean, most years is a joke. Yeah. But this year, I mean, you definitely can't argue that the Haskell is. They both should oh. be. But yeah, exactly. Exactly. The, the, to me, they both should be or they both should not, right? Right. There's there's no world where one should be and one should not be. Exactly. Uh, there's I mean, I don't know the numbers, right? Uh, I have to research it, but I, I can't imagine that the numbers are, you know, that we've had more success out of horses coming out of the Haskell when it comes to the classic than the Travers, right? Right. You wouldn't um, think. And in no. fact, the Haskell, in a lot of regards, is looked as a prep to the Travers. Exactly. To a lot of trainers. Ma- ma- you know, Mage being one of those in this year's running. So it's like, how is a prep a win you're in, but the, uh-huh. the main event's not? So, You know, the Breeders' Cup's one of the few people or a few organizations in racing that we're friendly with, that they actually respect us and we respect them. We should probably ask that question that to somebody that would actually have an answer and see what the logic is. Yeah, I would like to know that too. Uh, by the way, speaking of what I'd like to ask, I'm going to ask our, our, our good friend over there yeah. um, about this. Uh, where's it at? How about this? The classic this year is the third to last Breeders' Cup race at, at Santa Anita this year. So the classic, and then remind me, it's like the turf and then turf sprint or something, and then the sprint, something like that. Maybe the mile, maybe the dirt mile. I can't remember either. Um, yeah, oh, look, I, they wanted to. They wanted to have it, uh, the classic on the big uh, television network, and to do that, you either had to run all those races really early in the day uh, for for California time, uh, Pacific time, or you position it where you position it because uh, the the big network is going to college football <laughs> at a certain time. So it's a uh, classic turf. Turf sprint and then sprint. Okay, so it is a sprint. Weird. I mean, 
I mean, to me, it's like the Breeders' Cup is the Breeders' Cup. I'll be excited no matter what. But like you and I were talking about yesterday, it, it just anyone that's been there and, you know, we go every year, it's like, especially for the, I mean, some years are different where the, you're still excited for the classic, but maybe it's not like the best classic. And so you're not overly excited, but you know, years like with Pharaoh or even last year with flight line, or, you know, the, there's a, there's tons, you know, Zenyatta's and all those kinds where you have these anticipated, you know, matchups, the buildup is just, it goes bigger and bigger and bigger as the day goes on. And you know, I mean, you just, you can, I mean, it's, it's thick in the air. You can feel it, you know, that it's yep. coming up, it's getting close, you know? And it's, so it's just weird. It's going to be weird to kind of adjust to like here, it, like this build up and then it happens. And then, Oh, by the way, we have two more races to go. So it's just being yeah. kind of weird. It is. It's, it's weird. I'm, I'm not saying I like it at all. I'm just saying I, that's why they did it. Um, now, whether that's right or wrong, that's, I don't know. It seems strange that it's not last, but, Guess it doesn't have to be, you know. Uh, so uh, who's gonna be? I'm trying to think of who's like who might be like a sprint horse that like is uh, Elite Power gonna be a sprint or is he well, gonna yeah. be a dirt mile or dirt he, mile? No, he'd be a sprinter. Elite Power. Um, he, I mean, he's the headliner. Yeah. So, yeah. And the turf is that Caravel, the turf sprint. Yeah, turf sprint would be Caravel. Yeah. The little uh, Cody's Wish Caravel into Elite Power. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm, already, I'm just I'm working out my pick three here. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> I'm, wor- I, I'm already planning it. All right. I got a single, single, single. The the BCBC people they're really freaking out about it. So. Oh yeah, we yeah you know, we saw it firsthand last year. We were up there hanging out with with uh, Samich for a lot of the day. It's like yeah, everyone gets you know the especially you know if you're struggling and you just kind of like last ditch effort, yeah. you need to throw something together. The classic is kind of the race you, you kind of save your bullets for. And, yeah. uh, and so it's going to be a different strategy this year to, to do it and, you know, to have it do the, be the sprint, you know? Oh yeah, um, for sure. And I mean, I guess they could lend it in the classic, but I doubt it. Yeah, no, I think they'll end in the, whatever race is the last Breeders' Cup race. So that'll, that'll be an adjustment for sure. But they can handle it. I, I, I've got a lot of confidence in them. They can handle it. And they're off in the TVG.com Haskell. Saturday, Monmouth Park, race 12, the TVG.com Haskell Stakes. Grade one, million dollars, three-year-olds who want a mile and an eighth. And again, it is a Breeders' Cup winning your in for the Longines Classic this fall at Santa Anita. And, you know, Field of Eight lines up here. And we talked a lot about this in the opening talked a lot about it in the weeks coming you know this is the field uh, you can't ask for much better when it comes to a haskell uh haskell race five to two on the outside on arabian night for bob baffert the theme of this race is going to be the new shooters versus kind of the so uh, established three-year-olds that we've been seeing including the, the kentucky derby winner mage who's three to one who kind of last second Decided, you know what? We we're actually going to prep in this race and then go to the Travers nine to two on Go Rocket Ride, the horse that maybe would have won the Santini Derby, but scratched the morning of. I remember where I was sitting that when I heard that news. Tap it Trice at three to one. Extra Nejo, another horse that you know just kind of behind the eight ball all year with the injury. Five to one on Extra Nejo, dude. I mean, it, I guess you can add and salute the stars who looked okay. I'd say in the in the local prep for this. At eight to one, you know, Brad Cox, Rosario, you got to respect the, the connections there. But, you know, field of eight, and it really is. It's a matter of like extra Nejo, Arabian Night, 
and go rocket ride versus the field. I feel like it's like the three new shooters versus the ones we've seen the Derby winner, the Tappet Trice, the Belmont, everyone thought would be the Belmont winner, you know, the Belmont horse. Uh, it, it's kind of that feel to it when you go into this race. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I think that's going to be the most intriguing thing about it. And look, that's kind of where I, I started with this and said, okay, look, I've been waiting for Arabian night to come back. I've been waiting for go rocket ride to get this opportunity, you know, in a big time grade one race here they are. Right. And they both came they in from it. California and I think they're loaded and ready to go. You know, uh, Richard Mandela has shipped uh, a horse to the Haskell for the Haskell stakes. I should say one time. And it was in 2000 and it was a winner. Um, yep. Bob Baffert, <laughs> feels like he wins this almost every year. So, uh, listen, I, both of the things like, look, Arabian night comes off a long layoff and they go right to the Haskell. So that tells me he's doing fantastic flip side, go rocket ride. And Mandela, I mean, Mandela has known forever that Arabian nights come into this race. He ships it in anyway. I mean, I like those horses one, two, just, just for the fact that I think they're better. I, I've, I've had the feeling they're better than, than the rest of the group, uh, th that we've had in the triple crown season. And the fact that they're both here tells me they're doing great. I think Arabian Nights going to be super tough. I put him on top. I got go rocket ride in second. This is, is I, the hot, I have a hot take for you. So the, I, the more I looked at this race, the more I, it's like it kind of feels like okay, like okay, the B team's been playing all year. Now the A team shows up here in the summer. Like we've been waiting for our chance. It, it, I I think we have a bunch of pretenders, and now the contenders are showing up. Extra Anejo, Arabian Night, Go Rocket Ride. I'll throw him in there too. One of at least one of those three, I think, are in, drastically better than anyone else in the race. I, I, I really, Mage is the wild card because if he runs a Derby race, he's probably going to win. But there's also a lot of signs to say he won't. One, that, that was an outlier when you look at his whole career. Two, I don't necessarily like he's had a lack of works. This feels like they've literally said this is going to be like a work. Uh, instead of running a work, I mean, they're going to do this race instead to grade one. You know, you have that kind of you want to run your horses in grade one. So it, it just feels like a little bit last minute for Mage. I, he's still a good horse. I wouldn't doubt if he ran well, um, but I just don't have the confidence in him. I just you, you look at this Arabian Night. Extra and Aho, I think those two, and he really go rock a ride could be, you know, we don't know him with him either, but I just think those three, these are the horses you want right now, moving forward this year. I don't want anything to do with a lot of these other ones in this race. So I, I just think it's all about who are you going with out of those new shooters. And it's hard to go against the guy that wins this race. I think he's won nine times. Bob Baffert won the Haskell. Or maybe he's looking for his ninth. Someone can correct me on that. It's either eight or nine. He knows how to win this race with uh, with three-year-olds. In fact, he knows how to win this race with three-year-olds that, you know, are kind of coming into their own right now as well. Like, he knows how – when he ships one, and you said it earlier, just like Mandela, like, you've got to respect that because when he ships one in, they're not shipping them in to, to just run, you know? Mm-hmm. Honestly, if, if Mandela hadn't shipped, I probably would single the eight, but him shipping the one really, really has me interested. And, and kind of to your point, uh, I, I ended up going a little bit deeper in here because the other kind of wild card is Asmussen with extra Nejo. There's a lot of places extra Nejo could have shown up that would have been easier spots that he probably, 
would have either won or at least been a favorite to win, right? Um, but he's here, and I thought that was very interesting. Asmus is a guy, he's got stables all over this country. He could go anywhere. He came here, and he came here knowing Arabian Night, Go Rocket Ride, Mage, all these horses were going to be there. It's not that he doesn't have respect for him. He does, but he's not scared. So I, I don't think you can leave extra nail off a ticket. This is not an idiot. This is the this is a trainer that's won more races in North America than anybody in the history of the sport. He knows how to spot horses. That's how he wins races, right? I, I am very intrigued to see what he does here. I think I think he's interesting. I, to be honest, I haven't really seen a race from Extra Nejo that tells me he can win this one. But I feel like that race is still out there for him. We still don't know quite the peak of what he is. So I, I've got him on a ticket as well. And then Mage, I'll touch on him. Um, I am interested in Mage in this spot because that pace looks like it's going to be fairly hot up front. Mm-hmm. It might set up for a closer to come from out of it. I think Mage is good enough um, if he runs the Derby effort. I think Mage is good enough to win and, and, and will have a big shot to win. I'm with you, though. I think that might be the outlier. And I think, quote-unquote, normal Mage, all of his other races Mage, he's not good enough. But if Derby Mage shows up, he's definitely good enough. I mean, you look at, I don't know what his time form numbers are like, but we look at his buyers, it's like an 89, 88, 94, 105, 94. He really ran the same race he ran in the Florida Derby that he did in the Preakness. But numbers-wise, the Derby, he just ran insanely well. And, not I mean, he can do it. He's capable of it. I, I'm not going to take – I'm not, like, discrediting him. He ran awesome in the Derby. But was that an outlier? I mean, I guess we'll see. Well, it just doesn't feel like I have the confidence in betting him here and expecting him. Because I think he is going to take that effort. Because, you, I mean, maybe Ogorakarai doesn't fire. Maybe <laughs> Extra Nejo doesn't fire. Mm-hmm. One of those three, I think, are going to fire. You know, Arabian. One of those three, he's going to have to run a huge rate. I don't. I find it highly unlikely that all three of the horses I claim to be the 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 live horses, the contenders, all wouldn't fire. And Mage, you know what I mean? Like he's yep. going to have to run a huge race to win. That's what it's going to take. Yeah, I think it. I think it does. Have, he is going to have to run his Derby effort. I agree. And look, for, forget about the numbers, right? Don't. I mean, you go watch visually watch the races. It, and you could see just a massive difference. That Derby, it, it was spectacular. It really was. And like I said, if he shows up with that, well, he's probably just the best horse. And he's probably yeah. the best horse in this crop. And that's that's it, right? He's probably going to be the three-year-old of the year if he can run that kind of race again. But Florida, I, I, I look back to even the Florida Derby where I thought he ran really well. You have to win if you get into that position in your mage. You have to win that race and he, he couldn't right nobody was going to beat him on derby day though but again preakness when you're turning for home you've got to win that race and, and he just couldn't do it and you know maybe he's got the excuses of poor trips uh you know florida derby and and preakness maybe he was a little tired this and that possible and if you're a mage supporter i don't necessarily hate that opinion but i just really feel like he's still in, in, in the oddest way has a little bit more proving to do that he can put together that big race for more than once. Yeah. I mean, I hate it's, he's a scary one. Like you almost, he is. 
you almost feel like you got to try to use him because you don't really want to get beat by Mage, but at the same yeah. time, you don't have the confidence. I don't have the confidence in like solidifying him as like a top pick either. So it's just kind yeah. of, and you know, Nick, I'm with you. Like it, it, it does feel like the Curlin would have been a made sense for extra Neo. I kind of yeah. felt like the Curlin was extra Neo. The gym, it was disarm and vice versa. I guess it could have been either way, but I kind of felt like it was going to be one of those two, both of those. So the fact that he's, and it's like, just like go rocket ride. Mandela knew who would be in this race or had a good idea. Extra, you know, Aspusen knew who'd likely be in this race. So the fact that they're not dodging anybody to run them in this race, I think is super telling. Well, the Curlin is probably a race, and I hate to say this because it holds a special place in my heart because it's Curlin, uh, a horse that I love, and it's I, I'm usually at the Curlin or we're at the Curlin, so we've we've we have some special memories of that race. Oddly enough, it probably needs to be done away with. I mean, if you look at year after year of the Curlin, those horses like Extra Neho that even the even the ones that fit, they never go to it. They just never go to it, you know, and it always ends up. You're, you're sitting there on the first July and you're like, Ooh, he'd be good for the curling. Oh, that's a, that's a race. Perfect for this horse, the curling. They never seem to show up for whatever reason. And you know, one other thing about it, uh, Pletcher ran a, a maiden, uh, dreamlike, uh, at Saratoga the yeah. other day. And, uh, Vinny was like, I can't believe he didn't save him for the curling. You know, it would have been a perfect spot for him to go in a stakes. I said, Vinny, this maiden special weight is worth more money than the curling. They're running maidens for 136,000 at Saratoga. The Curlin's worth 135. Dreamlike made more money in a maiden special weight than he did in the Curlin. So it's just not a race that these guys take serious. I mean, it's clearly Blazing Sevens is like the clear heavy favorite in that race. And yeah, I don't like Blazing Sevens at all. Um, my kids he, are outside the window, so probably should win. He should win, but I, I, but that tells you a lot about the race, right? Yeah. It's like if Blazing Sevens is your quote unquote clear favor that should win, it's like, really? Yeah. That horse? Well, so. And the, my whole point is like to Nick's point, like I said the same thing. I said, oh, extra Neho will go to the curl and it's a perfect spot to set him up. I say that about horses every year. They never go to that race. <laughs> and then you get the race and it's like, who are some of these? You know? So yeah. it How is what this? it is. How about this? It, I was just kind of thinking about this as I was looking through them. You've got, I mean, Go Rocket Ride was cheap relatively to everyone else, $350,000 horse. But you look at this race, Tapatrice, $1.3 million. Extra Anejo, $1.35 million. And then Arabian Night, of course, was a $2.3 million. I mean, the amount of money they spent on just on these horses alone, the hopes were there from the start with all these horses, with the Tapatrices and the Nehos and the and the Arabian Nights. So, yeah, there's a reason why they're showing up here, like you know, and they're not in the Curlin, like you mentioned. So, yeah. Okay, so we've talked about it. We we've talked through the field. How do you, you know, obviously we, we will go over. I, I'm I'm more interested in personally to know how you're playing it when I look at the the betting bible here in a little bit. Uh, but you know we'll have our full bets and how we're going to play this race in the betting bible. You can go get that at racingdudes.com mm-hmm. now. But what are your thoughts? How are you tackling this? Is it an Arabian Night? I mean, he's breaking from the eight spot. <clears throat> you got to think he's going to go with it. Do you just think he, you know, John Velasquez says, you know, we're going to do what we do with this horse and we're going to go and everyone else is going to have to try to catch us? Yes. 
I, I, to me, yes. Uh, uh, the simple answer. I, I don't think you get him out of his comfort uh, zone unless somebody's just going crazy. Then maybe you take him uh, a little bit off of it. But I think you just send him and say, play catch me if you can. And I think that's his best uh, option. Now, that might be extra and best option, too. And that could be a little bit uh, weird. One thing about it, that race last time out for Go Rocket Ride, where he kind of just sat in third, about two, three links off, set that pocket trip. That would be a perfect situation for him in this race if the seven, the eight do go out there. So yeah. I do like that tactical ability. That's why I can't, uh, I, I can't get over him. And man, I'm going to tell you, I almost made go rocket right at the top pick, but I just feel like this Arabian night, he might be a little bit different than the rest of them. He he was really spectacular in two races, and. For Baffert to bring him here, it just feels like he's going to show up and run huge, and he still could get beat because that's the type of field it is. You could run huge and lose, but I just have the most confidence that he's going to show up and and, and take it to him. Here's the thing about this is kind of, you know, and I think it's sometimes hard to, when it's been a horse, like a horse, like even though it is Baffert and, you know, it's obviously a horse that has the connections and whatnot, but when a horse hasn't ran since, you know, since January, it's hard to kind of remember and you kind of forget the, the hype around him. But until you go back and watch and remind yourself what he was like, you know, arguably Arabian night was more impressive that day than Forte in the, in the juvenile. I mean, definitely right there in line. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a wow performance. You knew yep. from that, you knew, I mean, you knew halfway through the race that we're, we're working with someone, something special here. Right. Mm -hmm. And then he goes out and lives up to that in the Southwest. And we kind of find out like they were kind of turning him off anyways at that point. And they still, he went out there just dominated. He's not even gotten close to losing a race. I know he's only ran twice, but still, I just think he's in another, another realm of these horses. Um, I just don't know. I think it's going to be Baffert's what tenth win of the race now. I just mm -hmm. they're gonna, he's going to have to not run a race. He's going to have to run poor, you know, very poorly. I think to lose this thing. Well, Extra I don't know about that. I I, <laughs> I, I, I I think he could run really good and lose. I respect this field a lot. I just don't. I get, I mean, I get if it is someone, it's going to be one of the two that the extra NAO or go rocket ride, go rocket ride. I think I, I uh, agree with you on that. Like he's going to sit a nice trip. If he can sit that trip. Cause here's the thing, like you're, you, you gotta know you can't go out there with, with Arabian night, you know, you've got to make a decision there. If you're Mike Smith and go rocket, just kind of sit the, a little bit of a pocket trip there and then kick out, you know, when, when the running starts there at the top of the stretch and hope that you can get to the horse. But I just think at that point, Arabian Night might be just too far gone. So, yeah, uh, to, to me, Arabian Night's a real deal. Um, but it's a tough race to bet because, you know, what do you want? Do you want to play like an eight? You either you have to play some sort of straight exacta or something in order to, 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 to get your money's worth. And and it's tricky because it's like you could easily play like a one or an eight one or an eight seven or something like that, but. Would it be that surprising if Tapatrice got second or Mage got second? You know, it's like no, no, not at all. No, and mm -mm. so it's like you're. It's just one of those you're going to have to take your opinion and and just hope it's right because there's a lot of good horses like Tapatrice. We haven't talked a lot about Tapatrice, but I just don't have any faith that he can win the race at this point. But I, I mean, will he run his race? Yeah, he probably will run his race. I mean, the fact he's another horse. I didn't think we'd see him here. 
the fact that they shot they, they showed up here with him tells you that you know Fletcher's acts like he's doing really well. So mm-hmm. you know what what kind of race will we see out of him? You know, we'll find out. But I, I do think he'll run his race, which would be good enough to to be a factor in the at the finish, right? Should. I mean, I think he'll show up and, and do what he does. And I think third is not out of the question for him. Maybe second, like you said, just depending on, you know, if, if, if extra Nejo Arabian night go nuts out there and the pace really falls apart. Yeah. Tapatrice is going to be, you know, moving up positions. He, he definitely could. He's just out of all the horses as you're excited to bet about in this race. He just doesn't make my list. <laughs> and I don't really care that he's even in the race. You know, I'm not excited to watch him run or anything like that. Maybe now's the time he goes and wins, but you know, he's yeah. not for me as far as betting, but uh, well, unless, unless you're playing him underneath and I think he does make sense. So um, yeah, a lot of opinion saying, you know, eight to five, maybe a little short and maybe night may get second. And it, all I could say is you might be right. I, I mean, Okay, the layoff, I'm really not that concerned about because it's Bob Baffert. And it's kind of like when Chad Brown has a horse off a layoff. I don't really care. They they fire off layoffs, right? Some trainers are better than others. The competition, that's the worry to me. Um, it's like it's just like with Tabo last year. He had tough competition. That scared me in this race. He got beat. That 100% could happen here. 100%. Yeah. Um. It's funny too. You look at Tabit Trice, like I don't know what he is on the time form, but yeah, other than Mage, he's got the high buyer, um, which was a hundred in the Belmont. And that's uh ninety-nine in the bluegrass, which is another one that's higher than you know, any race in Arabian Night or you know, extra in Aho or you know, um even Go Rock or Ride has ran. And in fact, any higher than any race Mage has ran other than the Derby. So it's like the numbers are they're kind of there supporting Tabit Trice, but I'm with you. It's just like I've watched him enough to know I don't know he's going to have to sprout wings in in my opinion to win the thing. I've taken all the numbers and throw I don't even look at them anymore. I think they're so irrelevant. Uh, and, and part of the reason is kind of what you said you 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 look at numbers horses get and then you watch those races and then you watch another horse that got a lower number and it's like this horse is way better than that horse. So I don't really care about the numbers anymore. You know, you can tell me buyers or time I I, I've did a complete 180. I've tossed them. I don't care. Um, there, there's no way in hell Tappa Trice has run a better race than half of these horses. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, listen, like, like the numbers they take. Here's the Throw thing. You got to be like, Halter and I had a conversation about this yesterday. It's like, you got to be so careful when it comes to numbers. I mean, all the time, but especially in races like where you, your eyes, you saw the race and yeah. you're like, you, you, and then you, you see the number. And a lot of times what happens is you have a horse that ran really well, like Archangelo who gets a pretty high buyer. Well, then it kind of trickles down. Well, it's like, well, now Forte has to get this buyer, you know what I mean? And then Bell mm-hmm. and then Tabatrice has to get, you know, two lower than that one or whatever it is, you know? So it's like, he may have got a hundred, but that's because Archangelo got a one Oh five or I don't know what he got. I can't remember what he got. But the point is, is like, Sometimes a horse will get third or fourth or second and they got beat by a wide margin, but because the winner got such a good buyer that that num that buyer is inflated and you got to go and watch the race. I mean, obviously these kind of horses, you remember the race, so you, you, but if it's not, if it's not a race that you remember, go watch the replays and watch those and be like, use your, I mean, I've seen tap and try some person too many times at this point i know what he does and it's just like i i i just not getting there with him like he had every reason to win the belmont he had every reason um 
you know, to she, I mean, to win the Derby, even though I, or let's just say, get a better start in the Derby than he did, and he just didn't. And it's just I, I'm just not there with Tappet Trice. I'm at the, I'm at the uh, wait and see point with him. So yep, yep, hundred um, percent. All right. So final pick, who is it? It and uh, give us a brief explanation. Yeah, just Arabian Night. I've been waiting for him to come back. You know, the layoff is is what it is. And if you're concerned about it, that's fine. I, I'm really not all that concerned about the layoff. Uh, concerned about the competition, for sure. It's going to be a tough race. But I, I've been waiting for Arabian Night. I think he's ready to rock. I think he'll show up with a big effort. And, you know, it's Bob Baffert at the Haskell. It's hard to go against it. So I'm going to go number eight, Arabian Night on top. Much respect to the one, the seven, and the four, though. Yep, I'm with you. Uh, I, you know, as soon as I saw that he was showing up here, and you know, obviously held my breath when I when I acted like they were going to run here. It's like let's wait to see if he's in there. He is. I think he's going to do his thing. Uh, I have I've been really high on him all year, and I think he's going to have a hell of a second half. And it's hard to go against a guy that's won the race nine times and and does extremely well with these kind of horses. So. It's not it's not a sexy pick, but I got the eight Arabian nine. I think like an eight over one seven or something like that exact is probably what I'll play here. Um, the thing about it is, even though that's not crazy, it's like because there's going to be a lot of options because Mage is in the race, because Tabit Trice is in the race, you're going to get a decent payout on that because um, of who else is in the race. So mm-hmm. I like that horse. I like Arabian night. I do think, by the way, it is a classic winning you're in. We kind of touched on this earlier. I think we have a legit classic. Uh, now, obviously everything, you know, is factored on Cody's wish and what he does in the Whitney and what he does stretching out, but we have a legit field here that has potential to be classic contenders. You know, this feels like a legit classic prep for sure. Yeah. Take Cody's wish out of it for a second. Um, Cause we, he's the unknown. He, I mean, he could show up in the Whitney and it's like, well, okay, he's going to win, but he could not. If you take that, you take that horse out of it the winner of this race, no matter who it is, you would think is right up there with anybody, right? Because the, the older horses outside of Cody's wish and well, an elite power, but he's a sprinter uh, up to the mark, but he's a turf horse, you know, the, in the classic division, the older bunch, it's not, it's not anything to be scared of outside of Cody's wish. So yeah, if Arabian night wins, if go rocket ride wins and they look really good doing it. Yeah. I mean, they're in the mix without any doubt. I mean, really you could, uh, there's a, you know, uh, really for all of them, but especially a go rocket ride, especially extra Neho and most definitely Arabian night. If one of those horses were to like flash, you know what I mean? Like just, just look really, really good in a win. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're shooting up to number two behind Cody's wish and they might go to number one. If Cody's wish doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, run well in the Whitney or whatever. So yeah, I mean, I, I I'm very high on you know we've seen Bob Baffert do this with his three year olds several times with when it comes to classic winners um, with three year olds. So I, I do think Arabian Night is a is a top contender. An extra Neho, obviously, if you were to pass this test, would certainly be as well. Uh, Christopher wants to know what do you think? You know, five to two, you're not getting five to two on Arabian Night. What do you think you're getting on him? Eight to five? Yeah, I think Samich speculated seven to five or eight to five on Arabian Night, and I I. I think I said two to one, you know, I, I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll be fluctuate too far between those two numbers. Um, you do have mage and he's going to take money because the Derby winner always takes money. And so that's the big key. How much money does he take? will determine what Arabian night is going to be. Like I said, 
two to one is my guess. Samich is at seven to five. It'll probably be somewhere around one of those numbers. I mean, all things, you know, still playable if you like him a lot. You know, those are, you know, it's not like he's going to be sub even money or anything like that. So, um, and in fact, with that price, like if you really like Mage, your Derby winner, I mean, every horse in here is playable based off of the competition. And then especially if you are against Arabian Nights. So that's the field. That's our take. We both like Arabian Night and we both like Bob Baffert to win his 10th Haskell on Saturday. <laughs> All right, time for Rapid Fire, presented by the Haskell Stakes 2023 Betting Bible. It's available at RacingDudes.com right now. If, you know, we just talked about the Haskell and how we're going to bet it and who we like. And, you know, if you want to see exactly how we're laying out our bets for not just the Haskell, but the entire 14 race card at Monmouth Park on Saturday, go to RacingDudes.com, go to the product handicapping products page and download the Betting Bible where you can follow both myself and Halterman, exactly how we're playing every race that day. You know, we have all our listed bets. We have ROIs for all the types of bets, so you can see how we're doing in those. You also get uh, top, you know, top four picks from everyone on the team at RacingDudes.com. So if you just, if you like, you don't like us, you want sandwiches or, or whoever magics, you can get everyone's picks as well. And uh, you know, top, you know, uh, pick fours, pick threes, pick fives, everything like that included as well the betting bible at racingdudes.com make sure you go get your hands on that uh right after this all right let's go to opening day at del mar we're gonna go to del mar we got a big list here so we're gonna fly through these opening day del mar friday caesar sportsbook oceanside stakes it's race eight worth a hundred thousand dollars for three-year-olds going one mile on the turf and let me just scroll through the field here we got 14 horses lined up halterman and it's a wide open affair seven to two on escape artist but man five to one on panic i mean i'm not going to go through them all classic cat is four to one eight to one on zalmo take your pick man who do you like it's a hell of a race isn't it it's 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 gonna be fun i you know i i i have a always like have a heartbreaking loss i feel like in this race every year it's like my horse runs really well and gets second and i get so mad well, I'm going to go number one classical cat this year in the ocean side. I've been kind of waiting for this horse to come back. You know, ran on the dirt uh, and, and had a good start. Then went to the Del Mar Futurity, got got rocked, moved to the turf, and was really good in two starts at Santa Anita. Haven't seen this horse. Another layoff horse. Uh-oh, you know, but uh, Diamato, very good off the layoff. Very good on the turf. Very good at Del Mar. For Spolia board, I think that's a good sign. I think Classical Cat is ready to run a big race here. So give me the one, Classical Cat. Son of Mendelssohn. So we'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, one that I definitely considered. Um, as here's, is it, I thought Mr. Fisk was interesting here for Bob Baffert making his turf debut. But a horse that, you know, especially a horse that it ran well and on dirt and got, got second last out to go rocket ride. Um, and that affirmed so it's like and then you switch over so if that horse can kind of replicate the kind of speed figures that horse has been putting up on dirt on turf that horse would be dangerous but i'm gonna go to the horse just to the outside of that horse i'm going to a little price hunting number seven agency at 15 to 1 for mark glatt and uh sedalia will get in the mount but listen you know this horse is another horse that lightly raced and ran three races you know ran second in the best pal last year at del mar to having a meltdown of course that was on the dirt 
went to the Del Murphy charity, did not run well, did not see the horse again until this summer where the horse showed up on the turf and really looked good. Ultimately. I don't know if you remember this race or something. Mean, I'm sure you did, but that was, a, I thought that was a really nice performance from a horse making his debut on the turf. And, you know, if he can get, kind of use that as a springboard um, into this race, I think the horse is bred for this, you know, to go this far, to go this distance, to go on turf. I do think this horse will be dangerous at a big price. So give me number seven, agency at 15 to one. There's never, there's not another track in the country like Del Mar where you can make clear and logical cases for double digit horses almost every race. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, that's like, not the only horse, by the way, in that race. No. That makes sense. No. And, you know, sometimes you, you, you make a case for maybe one or two on a card somewhere else, right? Or you, you kind of take a stab at one, but it's like, yeah, there's there's a lot that's going to have to go right for me to get this. Here it's like, yeah, I can see agency winning. Sure. Why, why not? Yeah. You know? Yeah. How about, uh, I mean, another one uh, to the horse to the outside, Kid, Kid Azteca at 12 to 1. I don't think Absolutely. that horse is, I mean, I think that horse has ran well, ran well last out. Um, you know, the list goes on. Conclude is it's at six to one, but another Diamato horse that's looked good on the front end. So, yeah, I mean, this is a that's what makes Del Mar so awesome and so frustrating because you could be so right and so wrong all at the same time in these kind of races. Oh, um, it's kidding. brutal, but you got to stay stay the course. All right, let's go to a, let's go to Saratoga and we'll go to, we'll stick to Friday. You got two stakes races, the Curlin stakes. We talked about that. Uh, a little bit ago, $135,000 for three-year-olds uh, going a mile and eighth. Field of five shows up here, and you got four to five on Blazing Sevens for Chad Brown. Flavian Pratt gets the mount. Um, of course, Blazing Sevens finished second, nearly won the Preakness uh, to National Treasure last out. Are you going to are you gonna take the four to five on him, or are you going to try to beat him with one of these other four? Uh, I don't think Blazing Sevens is losing. I think he's winning this race. I... I do not like the other horses in this race. <laughs> and, and let me be very clear. Uh, I don't pick blazing sevens ever. And it, it cost me big time in the, in the uh, Preakness, uh, not, you know, to not have him anywhere. Um, but I, I, I don't like blazing sevens all that much, but I really dislike the rest of these horses. I almost picked number four Scotland, but I kind of just think blazing sevens is a little better than him. So I, I am going to choke down the four to five. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I get yeah. it. Uh, I, 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 I couldn't out of principle. Um, I'm not gonna to be to be quite honest with you guys. I'm not gonna be betting this race. I'm gonna avoid this race because it just feels like you you can't win. You know, if you if you go against Blazing Sevens, do you really have a horse? You know what I mean? Like, and if you do go with Blazing Sevens, like, do you really want to bet Blazing Sevens at three to five or whatever he's gonna go off at? Not really. Um, I went with the two lost arc Fletcher Irad, you know, this is a horse that obviously had some high hopes, uh, last year struggled mightily came back, uh, last out at Monmouth, uh, ran, ran a really nice race, um, off the bench there. So listen, got an 87 buyer that day. It's going to take more than that, but maybe if that horse can, can kind of live up to some of the hype that the horse had early on, maybe this horse can, uh, you know, you know, because you got to remember this horse in the uh, uh, Beers for Charity was like six to one mm -hmm. to, you know, Forte and Loggins and Red Route One. They were all in that race. 
you know, he obviously was horrible. And then he was horrible in the juvenile. I mean, he was eased off. He walked off the track. <laughs> and so then they waited, came back, ran at Monmouth. Like I said, looked really good. Paco Lopez got was on the mount that day. But yeah, give me Lost Ark. Not interested in any of these horses, but someone's got it. You know, I got to try to give you somebody to beat Blazing Sevens, and I'm going to go with the two. Uh, it's, <laughs> I don't, I don't suspect any of these horses are going to make noise in the uh, Jim Dandy, or I mean, uh, in the uh, Travers, but uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, they are running them. But there is another stakes race on the card, uh, which is a little bit more exciting. We'll go to race nine, the Lake George stakes. Friday still at Saratoga, grade three, 175K for Phillies three-year-olds. Uh, going one mile on the turf, field of 10 lines up for this one. And <clears throat> you could also call this the Lake George Chad Brown stakes because you've got half the field as Chad Brown horses. Three to one at LaGuardia uh, is a very interesting horse. Utilization rate at nine to two, tax implications at five to one, and surge capacity at six to one. That rounds out the Chad Brown horses, but you also have... Uh, Queen Picasso for Clement, who's very interesting, I think, in this race. Um, I guess if you want to go Pletcher with Princess Potato, I, I don't necessarily like that horse. But Chad Brown or Clement, where are you going? I, I went with a four Liguria. Uh, I, I just, I hate these races where they got all the Chad Browns. It's really tough. But I thought last time out, she ran a really good race. And, and she was able to beat Tax Implications, a horse that I like uh, in this spot as well. Uh, I think she's going to get a pretty good trip. I think there's a lot of pace, and she can come running again just like last time. And uh, listen, you got Flavian Pratt. He's pretty hot right now at uh, Saratoga. So give me the four. Um, it's one of those races you 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 can look and look and fret over, it and it's just like, I don't know what Chad Brown to play here, you know. So, uh, But I think the four makes the most sense from a pace standpoint. So give me the four. Yeah, kind of you know, just based off of what I uh, – you know what i read i've read about the horse and kind of from from chad brown's comments it just it feels like the four kind of woke up a little bit last out um really this year uh, you know the horse you know didn't run exceptionally well late in that edgewood but then that last race i thought man he, this horse looked really good uh with irad just kind of bided his time her time as long i mean Gosh, I read. How long did I read wait to go on that one? And then finally just circled the field, and it was not really that, even though it was only three, four, three quarters of a length, it wasn't that close. You know, yeah. once she got going, you're like, oh, yeah, this is a this is a good horse. So Pratt gets the mount back. I'm with you. I, I'm with you, though. It's tough. I hate these races, like you said, with Chad. Like, which Chad Brown is it? You know, yeah. like, obviously, it's, he's got to think one of them's better than the other, or, you know, other the rest. And so, it definitely feels like it's the four, but I wouldn't be surprised if if it's a different one, you know, which makes the race, which makes the race tough to bet, tough to handicap, anyways. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, give me the four. I think this horse is the best of the Chad Browns, um, and is going to win the Lake George. Yeah, these are those are tough. Like it's just like, what are you supposed to do with those? You know, especially when you don't. It's like it's one thing if you have like. You know, whatever in Italian with four other ones, and you're like, okay, I've not, I know that this is the one, right? Right. But when it's this, you're like, I don't really know. They're all this kind of the same, you know. Maybe that one stands out a little bit, but and sometimes that one that you think's the one is not the one. <laughs> well, we'll find out uh, tomorrow. Uh, let's go to Sat. Let's move to Saturday, and let's go back to Del Mar for another. <laughs> another crazy turf race race nine the san clemente stakes grade two 
We're 200K for Phillies, three-year-olds going one mile on the turf. And, oh, man, another huge field here. Uh, maxed out. Infinite Diamond, I guess, is going to scratch. But max, massive field, full field. <laughs> where, where are you going on this one? Uh, is this not one of the hardest ones you've ever handicapped? I, I, I mean, I looked at this forever, and I was like, I just I don't know what to do here. Uh, I ended up going number four, Delight, on top. This horse is shipping in from Horseshoe, Indianapolis. but <laughs> Always a good angle. Well, you know, I thought I thought she ran really well. She's run well in, in bigger races. I mean, she won the Jessamine uh, at Keeneland last year by five. Uh, she didn't do any running in the Breeders' Cup, but I, I feel like she kind of got back in form last time out at, uh, at, at um, uh, Horseshoe, Indianapolis. So I did go with the four on top here. Uh, obviously not real confident. I also like the 11 a little bit too, coming in from overseas. I think this horse can run a little bit. Uh, so I, I went 4-11 with not a ton of confidence in this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be one of those where you're like, all right, um, it's you know, it's probably going to be late in the day, you know, at the point you're betting this. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's see. I'll throw a couple bucks on this, see what happens, you know. Yeah. Uh, give. I, I went with – I did this too, by the way, before the, the odds were out, so I'm kind of seeing the odds as we go through these. But uh, Antoinette is the horse number three uh four to one yeah i just you know this is a horse i think that i when you go back and watch that race i went back and watched that one out to me was was very impressive debut um for pal off you know coming in overseas that was i just thought kind of stood out as like that's a that's a horse that knows what she's doing and so it feels like you know she's gonna sit a nice trip here come flying off uh and rispoli's you know i like the fact that rispoli even though it doesn't, you know, necessarily team up with Powell that often, Rispoli team, you know, goes to this horse. Obviously, Pratt's not uh, going to be riding that horse uh, here on on Saturday, so gets that. So I, I do think the horse is is dangerous here. At uh, you know, it, honestly, it's one of those things, dude. It's like I don't care if the horse is four to one or twelve to one. You went, you hit a race like this, you feel like you won. It's it's a twenty to one. You know, I yeah. I, yeah. The 12 to 1 I picked uh, on Friday, Friday's race, the 4 to 1 here, I don't care what it's if I can just get a winner in a race in races like these, it's a win. Mm -hmm. It's a huge win. I agree. Um, number three, Ansonette for me. All right, let's go to. I mean, it's just it, it's as close as you can to putting a bunch of horses and just shaking them up and seeing what comes out. That's. Uh, Sometimes that's the hardest part about Del Mar. It's you can get to the horses or to the horses you need if you go four deep, but it's like we gotta we gotta cut somewhere, and it's like cutting the right races. That's the key to Del Mar. Yeah, and it's tough because they're all you know they're all very evenly matched. It feels like on paper. Um, yeah, that's that's the like opening day. It's like I, I I like three or four in here. I like three or four here. Well, you can't go three or four every race, you know. So. Who, who are you leaning on? And we go, oh, shit. I, I don't know who we're leaning on here, you know? All right. Let's go back to Monmouth Park on Saturday. So we're going to round it all the way around the country, come back to the United Nations Race 11, which is the race prior to the Haskell. Grade 1, 600K, 3-year-olds and up going 1. And 3-8 miles on the turf. Field of 10 lines up here. And 5-2 to two on Red Knight, the 9-horse is going to be your favorite but it really you kind of have a wide open race uh if especially if you're playing against him uh 
Ontario at three to one for Mandela, five to one on limited liability, four to one on catnip, six to one on therapist. You kind of get your options, Halterman, on uh, really even if you like Red Knight, um, you get your options on who you like here and who to bet here. Sure, uh, I, I just think Red Knight's the class of the field, so I went with him. You know, last time out got beat four links to up to the mark. I think that's pretty darn good. Only got beat a, uh, a length and a half or so to those two. Uh, well, to Soldier Rising and, and Ottoman Fleet, also two pretty good horses. So, you know, two races back, won the Man of War at the same distance as what this one's ran at. So, I think Red Knight is the way the class of the field. I, I mean, I think he. You know, think about it. If up to the mark was in this race horse would be one to nine and he was competitive he was close with him so i i think red knight is the class i'm going red knight on top red knight he deserves to be the favorite i can't really disagree with anything you said having said that though i do you know i think he's a hard horse to to, to count on every time you know sometimes sure. he runs you know like the man of war sure he won his grade one maybe not the strongest grade one but he did uh, but then there's other times like the Elkhorn he can't quite get there, you know, and he probably should have, you know, there's, you know, obviously he wins the McKnight, which is a grade three, but the Sycamore, he didn't run so hot last, you know, last year. So it's like, sometimes he does well, he runs well, sometimes, you know, you can depend on him a lot underneath. I've, I've made money using him underneath as well as picking him to win. So I think I'll be using him underneath, but I'm going to try to beat him with the three catnip, which has got to be the, one of the better names on the card. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> especially for you uh, rattled off three has rattled off three wins in a row. Um, it's just really looked like, like a different horse this year. You know, it's turned it on um, last two were at Monmouth has stretched out mile mile 16th mile. Nate has looked better with each and every uh, distance um, increased and, and really just, you know, obviously loves Monmouth park and Rosario gets the mount back, which could be looked at as a bad thing. Um, but man, look at the way this horse has been working out. Loves the loves the track. Seems like the numbers are on the improve every every factor you looked at. So I think the catnip is kind of the new shooter, new horse to beat Red Knight. So give me catnip the three to make the upset here. <laughs> catnip, she likes oh, it. <laughs> I, wasn't even look, I wasn't even looking at the screen. I was looking at the past performances. She was she was sitting over by me. I grabbed her. I said, Come here, you're getting on the air. So yes, catnip. She likes catnip as well. So you're you're well, two for two there. Her, her and I are on the same page in that race. I have no doubt. Does she have a voice? No, she did. Well, she it's she talks she, like a demon. That's how we we make her talk usually. <laughs> can you can you give us an example? No, I'm not doing that on the air. <laughs> uh, man, I would love. I would, maybe maybe some other time. All right, let's go yeah. to Saratoga on Saturday. We're gonna round this out, and then we're gonna go to Sunday one for one more. But the Coaching Club American Oaks Grade One 500K Phillies. Three-year-olds going one one eight miles. You got a field of six uh, lined up here, dude. It's uh, it, you know from all, from all weekend, you know maybe other than like the Haskell, it's one of the be better like where it feels like take your pick, whether it be Hoosier Philly, whether it be Gambling Girl who finished second in the Kentucky Oaks, whether it be Wet Paint, whether it be Southlawn, all horses you know Sacred Wish even could pull off the upset. I mean, dude, do you do? There's so many questions here. Do you trust who's your filly? Who obviously has looked really good, but I don't know about the mile and eight for her. Gambling girl coming off, you know, can she, is she legit? Wet paint, the horse that we thought maybe is the Oaks winner, hasn't gotten the job done lately. Southlawn, definitely disappointed in the Oaks. Where are you going? I'm so confused by this race. I, I really am. 
Um, I, I went number four gambling girl on top. I don't, I'm not in love with it, but I just feel like at a mile and eighth, I trust her a little bit more uh, than the rest of these. You hit it. I think if the race is a mile, I'm going Hoosier Philly every day, but I, I can't get that race where she got caught by tax. So not only did she get caught, but like taxes blew right by her. Just can't get it out of my head. And I think the six will push her enough where I think she'll run really good, but lose. And I think gambling girls going to be the first uh, are going to be the one that's, uh, that's running the fastest late. So I went gambling girl on top. I almost went South lawn, but I, uh, I just, I don't know what she is really wet paint has not looked good. Um, the last couple of times, but I wouldn't be surprised. I'm, I'm going to feel really dumb because I'm going to go fairly deep in this race and it's just six horses, but this one's confusing to me. I, I went gambling girl on top. Yeah, it doesn't, and there's no, there's, yeah. I don't know, like, it, it, like, I'm with you. Like, I wish Hoosier Phil is a shorter race or something, because the mile and eighth, this has me concerned. I just don't know. I think she might get a little weary legged with, and at least one of these horses ha- would have something left in the tank to come get her. Um, I think I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I, I, I must be. <laughs> I, I'm giving her, this is, let me just put, this is my public announcement. I'm giving her one last try on wet paint wet paint is my this is my last is you gotta win this or, or we're done you know i did this with tap it trice he, he didn't come through we're done um but listen my, my idea here my thought process is like maybe she just hasn't really liked the track at churchill and ellis you know and obviously she really liked oakland mm-hmm. um because you because the thought was like oh well those horses sucked well i mean it they kind of have it seemed that way at first, but then, you know, it wasn't like there was some terror, like the tax was pretty good. Right. Um, and so it's like, maybe it was better than we thought, uh, at least initially. So it's like, I'm going to give her one more. Cause it just feels like that last race, she was awful when she got lost. She lost to Hoosier Philly, but mm-hmm. you know, I just, maybe she couldn't quite get the track underneath her. Maybe she, you know, this would be a, 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 a nice change of scenery for her to kind of get back on track. Obviously, you know, you got to like the fact that Pratt's back aboard and, you know, they keep trying her in these kind of races. So, you know, they're not really discouraged from the, from running her in, in the, you know, this sort of race. So wet paint, I'm going one more time to the paint and uh, we'll see if she can get it done for me here. <laughs> Good luck. What could, what could go wrong? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, she, she makes sense though, for sure. All right. And finally, man, this has been it's been the most and some really good races here. Well, Sunday, Sunday, after we've all had a hell of a Saturday, hell of a Friday and Saturday, we're going to, we're going to stick around for Sunday's race, race four, the Shuvie stakes, grade two, 200 K Saratoga, the Phillies and mares, four-year-olds and up mile and eighth. It's only a field of four, but you have the two nest versus the four Clarier. No, you know, no introductions needed here. Nest coming in off of the long layoff last scene you know finishing fourth not really running that well in the breeders cup distaff and then of course clarier on the flip side has been awesome lately and rattled off back-to-back grade one wins in dramatic fashion which one you got man nest me too i wow she has such a pace advantage i think she's better than I, i mean i the Breeders' Cup, the most disappointing ho- horse of the Breeders' Cup was Nest for me because the, yeah. I don't think that Distaff was – I don't think they ran – I mean, they ran uh, gutty 
They didn't run all that well. I mean, she should have dusted them. And I was bitterly disappointed at uh, with her. I think if she shows up with her CCA Oaks or Alabama, I don't think Clary will touch her. And with a four-horse field, she's got the pace advantage. I think she dominates. Give me Nest. Yeah, you know, I think with Nest, it was just a, a you know, this is a horse that had, had rattled off, you know, multiple grade one wins and, you know, obviously ran in the Belmont, probably could have won the Belmont, you know, probably could have, should have won the Oaks, um, you know, dusted them obviously in the Oaks, CCA Oaks and the Alabama and the Bell Dame and just had, had rattled off a bunch of races in a row and, and tough races. And they kind of caught up to her at the wrong time. You know, even she only had like a two month layoff from between, you know, her, her two to three year old season. Um, and so she had a lot of, a lot of races in her belt. So it was probably a much needed rest that she got uh, since the breeders cup. So I'm with you. And I just think with Clary air and listen, uh, from coming from somebody who made a lot of money off of her last time out playing a Clary air search results, exacta it just feels like especially at this distance i do you know dude you know how many one times she's won at this distance clear air once and six starts at this distance so it's not like she's like only happened twice i mean one time she's won at this distance she's only won once at saratoga we know what saratoga can do and it just feels like one of those races that everyone's going to lock in clary air and i just think nest might kind of steal the thing on the front end and in a race that's paceless let's be honest the the the, two, the one and the three are they they found those horses in the in the barn so today hey, let's <laughs> can, can you run please find horses <laughs> well the the back bar the barns that no one goes to they're like hey remember these horses let's, can we run these horses against these ho-? okay so uh <laughs> um yeah, it's it's like that. It's really a meaningless two other you know entries. They're not going to factor into their pace or anything. So, to me, it's just like Nest is going to have such a pace advantage, and Clear Air is really going to have their work cut out for. Her. And you know that's a tough. I get it's a tough ass to go against Clear Air off of that layoff, but it gives you some confidence too. The reason that they showed up with, in this race um, with obviously you know bigger per, you know bigger goals ahead, but uh, I think she's going to be tough here. I do too. Do you think uh, do you think she could like just jump in immediately and be like, hey, you know, you know, everyone's you know, Clary Air or who you know, whoever you like in the older, it's like, hey, by the way, I'm I'm not only have I been I'm back, but I'm gonna I'm gonna win the distaff too. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, a thousand percent right? yes. I'm ready for her to disappoint me again. I I couldn't have loved a horse more over the summer. Uh, for me, like at Epicenter was the horse of the meet at Saratoga, without any doubt. But for me, Ness was just, she just had a really special summer up there and went to the Bell Dame and ran great. And I thought, man, she is just, she is just turning into a beast. To run that bad was 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 just really frustrating. And I, I still think she is a, a superstar. I, I mean, she it, to me, if she she comes back like she did last year towards that middle part of the year i i still think she's the best horse in the division you're right you know you're nailing it man it's like i that was easily the most disappointing race mm. of the bell of the breeders cup last year because i'm with you i i had such confidence just the way she was dominating those races you know you gotta remember you know before that she had won she got second in the belmont she won by 12 in the cca oak she won by four in the Alabama, she won by nine or ten, let's call it, in the Bell Dame, and then she came into the Distaff and finished fourth. You know, and just mm-hmm. n- just never looked. 
you know, we knew we were we were cashing that thing pretty quick, you know, and it just was disappointing because it just had, wasn't something we had seen from her. You can see the the box here. Not only was she not you know forwardly placed like she had been in the last couple of races, but she just kind of got shuffled back and early on in the race, and then kind of tried to make a run, but had nothing nothing left late in the thing. And so, her and Secret Oath were very disappointing that day as well. Um, Claire Air even disappointed a little bit, but uh, yeah, it was just one of those races that you're like, yeah, that was that was not what you kind of you're going into it. You thought, man, this is gonna be a hell of a race, and it just wasn't. Yep, sucked. So there you go. We're both on. We're both. Thank you for that. Uh, we're both on Nest to win and hopefully make her uh, her you know her her journey back to the distaff and win that thing. <laughs> What do you guys think? Is is she gonna? Who is is? Are we overhyping Nest? It kind of feels like we might be. <laughs> yeah. I, that's my job, I guess. You know, I I just I've always really really liked her since uh, Saratoga last year. So, you know, she'll she can disappoint me again. That's fine. Um, I wanted to comment. I was I was hoping that you were on here, Moist Ham, uh, whoever <laughs> you might be. <laughs> Because uh, I did want to say uh, the FTR Bullet Club gold match was probably the best wrestling match I've ever seen, like my whole life. I thought that was what wrestling should be. Uh, Blood and Guts, that's not really, it was fine, but that's not really my thing. What was, just for uh, for all the curious listeners myself included what are you uh referring to yeah so you know you know uh uh cooper's little wrestling guy cash yeah so him and his partner uh dax are the tag team champions and they face these guys called uh are, are named uh the bullet club gold which is jay white and juice robinson and they're four excellent wrestlers and they're four very they're very entertaining people they had a best two out of three falls match uh, for the tag team championships, it went 58 minutes. Jeez. And I'm telling you right now, it felt like it lasted two minutes. I looked at Heather at the 40 minute mark. I said, they're going an hour and I hope they go the whole show. I hope it's two hours. Right. It, it absolutely was the greatest wrestling match I've ever seen. And I'm talking about a pure wrestling match. You know, maybe I've been more hyped for, for different matches, but they couldn't have done anything better, in my opinion, and they couldn't have done anything more. The whole time, you had no idea who was going to win the match. And I think that's because these these FTR, these guys are, are incredible, but so's the Bullet Club. And it's like, they could totally change the titles here. I wouldn't be shocked at all. I mean, it was, it was incredible, incredible. So and then Blood and Guts is like the, the hardcore fan's dream. They lock a bunch of guys in a cage and they just be like, you know, use a bed of nails and use glass and all that shit. And that's, I don't hate it, but that's not, that's not what I like about wrestling. Isn't that like what like mankind used to do a lot? Like those kind of matches. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly. That yeah. ECW old school type matches. And, uh, there's a, there's a guy in AEW that that's all he can really do. And so they just do them a lot. And, um, I didn't hate it. Like I liked it. It was fun, but I don't rank that. I I didn't, once it was over, I didn't give it another thought. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, uh, like, how do you make, I'm just trying to think like, 
I feel like an hour match would be in, like insanely boring. So how do you, how did they like were they like out of the ring or they throwing like it was it was it literally just in the ring fighting the whole time? That's what the amazing thing about it. They broke no tables. They used no chairs. There were no props. They did go outside of the ring a bit during about the 40, 45 minute mark. Mostly it was in the ring. And that's what made it to me the greatest thing I've seen. It's definitely since I started back, but probably the best one I've ever seen because you wouldn't think you could make that interesting for 58 minutes. And not only did they make it interesting, the first it was best two out of three falls. The first fall, if they just would have stopped it right there it probably would have been one of the best matches I've ever seen. <laughs> and they still had two more. I, I think the two out of three falls aspect kept it interesting. So what they, does that mean? Meaning you had to pin them two out of, you know, it's best two out of three. So one fall, oh. like one pin isn't it. You got to pin them twice, right? Got it. Okay. So you get a pin and then it restarts and then you go again. And they, the second pinfall, they, they did like everything they could possibly do to a guy and he kept kicking out and just the realness of how they acted it out. It, like it looked like two guys that were like, they looked at each other like, we don't know what else we could do. And then they would do something else and the guy would kick out and they would be like, I don't know. And so as a fan, like you're supposed to root for FTR, they're the good guys, you know, and you're watching this going, they're never going to win. Like they're these people that we love. They're have no, they're not going to win, you know? And, and anyway, it was just, it was four guys that are incredible workers that told a, a story that was just, you really, you just got swept up in it. It was a, it was amazing. Well, I know what I'm doing this weekend then I'll have to, I'll have to watch it. You need to find it. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it's again, like, it never was boring. There were never was a low spot where it's like, this sucks, you know, any, when they had rest holds, something was going on besides that the whole time. It was awesome. I mean, I've watched it. Uh, I've watched it twice now. Uh, and I just, it's, it's just really, really good. So was, was this like a pay-per-view or something? Or no, it- no, just a Saturday night television match that lasted one hour. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, and like I said, it, it, it like blood and guts lasted an hour, but you got a cage, you got six people or five people, sorry, five people on each side, and you could do all this shit. And but to go in there and it's a tag team match, and you got to f- kill an hour, and all you're doing is in the ring, and that's you, you just don't. And FTR has had some great matches, like with the Briscoes, but I think this was better because well, they they're just awesome. It was awesome. Well, just the just like the. I'd be able to actually be able to, to go for an hour and just like keep, you know, that's, that's, yeah. that's insane. You got to have a ton of uh, ability just to, you know, fake or not to, to just get up and run and hit. And, you know, it's like, I would be yeah. dead. Those guys had to have been dead at the end of that thing. They were exhausted. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jay white for the bullet club. I don't think he has one ounce of fat on him. Uh, so uh, he could probably win another hour. The rest of those guys, they seemed a little bit gassed. There was a point about the 50 minute mark. They just all got in the ring and they, it was just, they looked at each other and, and the crowd just went nuts. Cause it's like, this still isn't over. I mean, this is incredible. And yeah. Uh, Dave Meltzer, who's been covering wrestling. Well, ever since we were even following Jared, like in, when we were in high school and before 
he called it the best televised tag team match in the history of American like television. So, dang, I'm gonna have to watch. I'm gonna have to. Where can I watch this at? I don't know where you could find it, uh, where you could watch it on demand. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I mean, even Heather like was like, because I said this is gonna last a while, and she's like, I just hope it doesn't get stale because she kind of has that. It's not a short attention span, but. She gets a little <laughs> antsy the whole time. She was just like, this is like, I hope they wrestle for two hours. I was like, me too. Cancel everything else. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When was this? This was last Saturday night. Um, and I, I knew it'd be a good match. Like, I was excited for it, tuned in. And, like, at the 30-minute mark, I was like, this is this is nuts. Like, this is this is crazy. So, yeah, it was awesome. Um, they th- There was a an hour time limit, so they kept teasing that it might be a draw. So you're kind of worried the whole time. It's like, nah, don't do a draw. That would, that's the only thing that could ruin it to this yeah. point. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's all the time we have. Check us out at racingdudes.com for our free picks. That's a good segue. And our premium selections on our products page. Click the Get Racing News Premium button at the menu at racingdudes.com to learn more. Remember to go get your hands on that Haskell betting Bible available now on that web page as well as anywhere on the website. Just look for the Haskell information. You can see uh, a link to go. Download the Haskell Betting Bible. Get our full analysis of not just the Haskell, but the all 14 races on the card. How we're betting that, how we're going to play it. Are we playing doubles? Are we playing exactas? Everything's included in that thing. You don't want to make a bet without having the Betting Bible. So go get your hands at that, racingdudes.com, as well as the Best Bets page. If you haven't checked out the Best Bets page, what have you been doing? Uh, Go to the racingdudes.com. See on the menu there, you can see Best Bets, and just check out the Best Bets for Halterman and myself. Um, obviously with Saratoga, we've been doing a lot of Saratoga, Del Mar kicking off. We'll be adding that Monmouth. I'm going to guess we'll have some plays this weekend as well, as well as baseball. And of course, when football rolls around, we'll have those, um, the whole team, anybody, you know, that you want to follow, we have not just our picks, but also how we've done, um, our percentages, how much money we've profited over, you know, certain sports, everything you want. So if you're looking like, Hey, you know, like you guys have, like, we have, like, we just covered a ton on, on this podcast okay well what are they what are they what is jared really like what is he playing today you know what is his best bets and it's very similar to the betting bible only yeah. in the betting bible we focus on one track whereas this is like literally the best of my bets today could, could be from anywhere um so make sure you go check out the best bets page at racingdudes.com or on twitter at racing underscore dudes it's instagram and facebook you can find all episodes of Blinkers Off by visiting our podcast page, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, all the places you listen to a podcast. We are there, as well as the Magic Mike Show. They did the Monmouth Park Saturday uh, Pick 5, so preview, so make sure you go check out the Magic Mike Show on all those same platforms. And you and your dad <coughs> did, uh, what, the late Pick 5 at Saratoga, right? Yeah, we did the late Pick 5 at Saratoga. We're having a ton of fun with that. We do it a little bit different than the Magic Mike Show. Uh, we do a combined ticket. So what we'll do, we'll go through all five of the races. We'll write down all the horses that we think we might want to use, kind of talk about them all, and then go back through and narrow it down. Um, we, we were, like I said, we're having a good time. Uh, the show uh, was pretty good last week. We, gosh, we got so unlucky with Gold Sweep breaking horribly. But uh, got another one for you this week. Uh, Papa Dude was all kinds of stress before the show started. He's all, oh, this is the hardest thing ever. And by the time the show was over, he's like, I feel pretty good about this one. So go check that one out. If you want some, uh, some comedy there. I enjoy it because it's like listening. It's just like, cause it's just like whenever you go to the track and you, someone says, 
hey, you guys want to combine a pick five ticket? And you're like, and everyone's kind of like, all right, you know, and then it's just going through. It's like, oh, I like this horse. You got to use this horse. And I enjoy it. Just you and your dad, just because yeah. it's just like, dad, we can't, like, we can't use all those horses, you know, or whatever. <laughs> You've seen this in person. It's just not a show now. <laughs> exactly. I know. I, everyone else can see what I've seen for years. And he's, he's terrified of first time starters. He's like, I oh, can't use a first time starter. And I kept telling, him, I said, dad, they're first-time starters at Saratoga. That means they really like these horses. Like, we have right. to use a first-time starter. So the first race was was a two-year-old uh, race. Uh, it's a race seven Saturday at Saratoga. None of them had started. <laughs> so he was so mad. <laughs> He's like, we should do the early one. I don't want to do this first-time starter race. I said, Dad, this is what Saratoga, this is what makes it special. It's uh, We might yeah. see the next Derby winner on Saturday. You never know. So he's picking all the anyone that's trained by Pletcher or, or Asmussen yeah. or whoever. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So make sure you go check out the Dudes You Bet uh, podcast as well. Um, and yeah. Happy opening day. If you're listening to this Friday, happy opening day to Del Mar. Obviously, we'll be, we'll have picks for Del Mar, the entire meet, Saratoga, Monmouth, uh, all that this weekend. Whew. What a podcast. But man. It it feels like this, even though Saratoga is week two, this feels like the kickoff of 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 summer racing, and yeah. it's it's it feels like it's going to live up to it too. I hope. I I feel like it's going to be. I feel like this is the weekend we've been waiting for ever since we realized this triple crown's kind of falling apart, right? Like when the injuries are happening, especially about two days before the derby, it's like now Forte's hurt. It's like, this is what we were dreaming of in May. <laughs> so yeah. it's here. Let's enjoy it. Let's cash tickets. Who just before I just put you on the spot out of everyone, all the races we, we talked about, which race, which horse are you most confident in? Mm. We talked about so many races. Uh yeah. Blazing sevens. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> probably Red Knight. I I really like him in that race. Wow. Okay. I didn't I didn't see you going there. All right. Yeah. Um. I would say, boy. I would. It'd be. I can't say Ness just because of Clarier. Even though I, I would get. Cl- I'm close to there. I would probably go. Uh, I'd probably go Arabian Knight, which is yeah. is wild to think, but because uh, it's a tough race, but. It's a, we, we, like you said, we covered a lot. You certainly aren't going to Del Mar anywhere. Um, and I went against Blazing Seven. So, um, LaGuardia, maybe, but I don't have the, the confidence just because of all the Chad Brown. So, it t- that should tell you it's a hell of a card, hell of a weekend. Make sure you guys tune in uh, to all these, our, our shows on YouTube. If you haven't uh, done that, go, go to YouTube and like our videos and subscribe so you get all the information for this, the meets coming up. And uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. And man, Good luck this weekend because it is a hell of a weekend. I hope if you're playing the Haskell, if you're playing that, when you're playing the Haskell, I hope you find a winner. Hope we all can find a winner. I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. Good luck this weekend. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. 
Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first. 